The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, Great to have you with us today. If you're watching us online as well, glad to have you with us. Uh, Man, this weather is crazy here at Charleston, isn't it? Man, it was beautiful this past week, up to the 80 degrees. People are at the beach uh, doing all that kind of stuff, and then it just dropped on us. Wow. Uh, A little chilly out there today, but uh, hey, that's Charleston. That's Charleston weather. Um, Hey, we have a lot of exciting things uh, happening uh, this month with this series, The Vow. Uh, I'm going to jump back into that here in just a minute, Uh, but I want to let you know about something that's coming up, and that is uh, uh, as a part of this series, uh, this uh, series on marriage and relationships, uh, we are doing a marriage seminar on Friday night and Saturday morning. February the 22nd and the 23rd. It's going to be here. Uh, child care is provided. Uh, we're going to provide uh, meals, uh, food. Uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. And so if you haven't yet signed up for that, you can do so. You can sign up from our website. Uh, I believe you can sign up on, on the back of our Connect card today. Uh, but check that out. And then as a part of that series, uh, or a part of that weekend, on that Sunday, uh, February the 24th, uh, we're, uh, during the, both services in the morning, we're going to have a marriage vow renewal. Uh, during my message, I want to give all the married couples an opportunity to stand up. Uh, you're not going to have to come up here on stage and get singled out, but you can stand up either where you're at, you're going to be able to scoot in maybe to the aisles or the front or the sides, and you're going to hold hands with your spouse and you're going to repeat your, your wedding vows. And uh, so you don't even have to have come to the series. You can show up that Sunday. If you've got friends that you know that you'd like to invite, that you think it would be a great opportunity for them to renew their vows, invite them to come to church. You don't have to come to the marriage retreat uh, to do that. But so that's open for anybody and everybody. And then immediately after both services, outside, underneath a huge tent, and we kinda, we're going to up our tent game uh, and experience uh, for this. We're going to have what we're calling Coastal's version of a wedding reception. And uh, we're going to have food, uh, excuse me, there are going to be food trucks, which that's going to be really cool. We've never really done that before. So there'll be several food trucks outside. We're going to provide wedding cake and punch and a photo booth and a DJ. So they'll be dancing, of course. You know we dance here at Coastal. Woo! Um, and uh, that was all I do right there. That was my dance. Woo! Um, so... Uh, but it's, it's going to be so much fun, and I really hope that you'll take advantage of all that. Oh, and then we're going to give away, after both services, a a honeymoon package, Uh, and it's going to be really cool. Very, very nice uh, hotel, nice restaurant, spa day, all those kinds of things. So we're going to give one away uh, at the end of both services, and we'll be uh, doing that through your Connect card. So uh, don't miss all of that. So speaking about February and romance and love, did you know that the month of February is the number one month in America for divorce? Did you know that? February. Why February? Well, think about it just for a moment. You know, typically February is one of the the coldest, darkest months of the year. Um, It's also that month of the year when uh, most people have given up on all the resolutions they made, you know, in January. Also, any relationship, obviously, resolutions. They gave up, you know. Um, And then there's that holiday in this month that puts so much pressure on relationships, and most guys never get it right. Which holiday is that? 
Valentine's Day. I know some of you are like, what? That's coming up? By the way, guys, I want to help you out. I'm a brother helping a brother out. Valentine's Day is this Thursday, okay? So you have been warned. You have been prepared. I love Valentine's Day because uh, that was the first date. Uh, Valentine's Day was my wife, uh, Jan, that was our very first date, Valentine's Day. And then we got married the next Valentine's Day. And so this Thursday, we'll be married for 32 years. 32 years. So, yeah, it's exciting. Um, yeah, so I love talking about relationships. And uh, I'm not a licensed mar- uh, you know, professional counselor, uh, but I slept at a Holiday Inn Express. So there you go. I'm, I'm ready. Um, but, uh, you know, Valentine's Day cards for married couples are really the worst. Uh, they're the worst. Uh, they just assume that most uh, married guys are terrible husbands, um, uh, terrible at being good husbands. They all start like this, all the cards. Check them out. Uh, even though I never tell you how much I love you. And they all start like that, you know, even though I never fully appreciate you. Um, you know, may- maybe they know something that uh, Hallmark knows something that we, that we don't like to admit. And that is, quite honestly, that a lot of marriages and a lot of relationships today are struggling. They are. And uh, it's really scary when you start to read the statistics. You know, depending on which study or which article you read, somewhere in the neighborhood of 50% of marriages don't make it. 50%. That's horrifying. I mean, it is. Think about it. In any other area of your life, if there was something that, you know, that, that, that was important to you that you could lose it, if, and, and in fact, and, and there was a 50% chance that you would lose it. You know, you would think very seriously about how you approach it. You would be dr- very dramatic and prepared in your, uh, you know, your preparation. You'd do everything possible to eliminate any potential danger. I mean, 50%, if there was something in your life that you value, you had a 54% chance of losing it, you would. In other words, if you have children, and think about it this way, and and there's a 50% chance that they are going to be killed in a car wreck today. I mean, there is no way you're allowing your kid to get in a car today, are you? I mean, you're, you're walking everywhere. If there's a 50% chance that you're going to be attacked by a bear when you uh, go get your mail, you know, when you walk to your mailbox, you're probably not getting your mail or you're packing a gun, right? That, that is what you're going to do. So, with the odds being what they are today, I would argue that one of the reasons that many marriages are struggling today and relationships are struggling is because so often people are not spiritually prepared to live in a marriage that, that honors God. And if you were to ask me, you know, Pastor Chris, is a God-honoring great marriage possible today in 2019? I would tell you emphatically, absolutely, and completely, yes. Yes, it is. But it is not likely if you follow the path that so many people follow today. Here's a life principle, and it definitely applies to marriage and relationships. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you keep doing what everybody else is doing, you're going to keep getting what everybody else is getting. I mean, if you want the marriage that everybody else is having, the, the marriages that you see, the, uh, just the frustration, the struggle, then you just keep doing what everybody else is doing, and you're going to keep getting that. I believe that God has something so much better for us. 
And so in the next several weeks, first of all, we are going to invest uh, in the lives of those people who will be married one day, single adults. Because I don't want you years later, you know, down the road to look back and say, man, I wish somebody had given me that information. You know, wow, I wish somebody had shared this with me. And so if you're single, we don't want you making those excuses. You know, we, we want you to be equipped with the spiritual truth that'll help prepare you for a relationship, that'll help you honor God and help you go the distance. And then I also want us to speak directly to those who are already married. We want to help strengthen your marriage. You know, and become everything that God wants it to become. My mother-in-law actually told me this. There's nothing better than a great marriage, and there's nothing worse than a bad one. And I think that's true. So we want to strengthen the relationships here. I am. I'm really excited about this series. And, and I actually love talking to people about relationships. Um, you know, I think if there's an area of our lives that we need help, and we need hope today. It really is in this area. It's in our relationships. And I actually believe as well that the church right here, you know, this ought to be a safe place where we can come and talk about love and sex and dating and marriage and relationships and all those things. You know, it's here that we ought to be able to talk, uh, take an honest look, uh, an uncensored look at what the Bible says about these things. Because this is our roadmap for life. It's our love letter from God on, on how life really works. And I believe that over the next several weeks, here's what we're going to see. We're going to see some marriages restored. We're going to see some hurting relationships strengthened. And we're going to help people find hope and healing. And most importantly, people are going to find Jesus here. Because that happens every Sunday at Coastal. No matter what we're talking about, no matter what the subject, we point people to Jesus. So, I am so glad that you're here today uh, for the start of this series. Um, and I want you to do something for me. If you would, this morning, go ahead and pull out your Connect card. Uh, Pastor Ryan uh, referenced this a minute ago. And uh, I want you to make a commitment now, right now, to be here for the entire series. And to invite and bring somebody with you. In fact, on the back of your Connect card... Um, the last box underneath my next step today. Here's the next step that we can all take. I'm just, I'm going to do my best to make the remainder of the vow series a priority. I want to challenge you to do that. You know, not, it's not a legal document. We're not going to hold you to it. But why not begin the series saying, you know what, I'm going to be there. This is good. This is important. This is helpful. So we're calling the series uh, The Vow. So what is a vow? You know, uh, what is a vow? A vow is, right, if you're taking notes again, write this down. A vow is a solemn promise. It is a pledge. It is a personal commitment that you make to another person. Now, when you got married, you made a vow. You made a vow before God, before uh, other witnesses, uh, to, to your spouse, Okay, maybe uh, you repeated vows after somebody like me, a pastor, uh, you know, a captain of a ship, a notary, um, or you wrote your own vows, but you, you made a pledge. You made a promise to your, to your spouse. You know, typically in, in a lot of traditional vows, you know, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, uh, to death do us part until we are separated by death. How's it going? You know, 
You're alive, right? Okay. So what we're going to do each week in this series is that we're going to look at several promises or commitments that we need to keep making in order to have a healthy relationship, a strong marriage. And so to start us off, we're going to go all the way back to the beginning of relationships, back to the very first couple. In fact, if you're from Coastal, this should all be very familiar to you uh, because we started off the new year with a series called In the Beginning. And uh, if you're new to Coastal, if you're here today for the first time, uh, you can go to our website and uh, check out our messages. But it was from the book of Genesis. And we talked about some of this, but today we're going to look at it from a totally different angle. So let me give you some context, first of all. In Genesis 1 and 2, uh, God's been busy. He's created the universe, the the world, and everything in it. And uh, he has just created what he considers to be the apex, the crown of his creation, uh, man. But there's a problem. Genesis 2.18 says this. And the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. So there's the problem. I will make a companion who will help him. So right from the beginning, we discover that you and I were created for relationships, okay? Community. Now, I don't think it's God's will, by the way, for everybody to be married. I don't believe that. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. But I do know this. It is God's will for everyone to have friends, It is God's will for everyone to live in community with with God and with other people. And so God solved this problem for Adam and for us, and he created this wonderful creature called woman. And that launches this whole series of events in this relationship with Adam and Eve. And things are about to get real messy, real, real messy. And if you've ever been in a relationship, you know that any time a man and a woman get together, things can get messy. Amen? Amen, because relationships are messy. And as messy as relationships are, this is what you need to hear today. Sometimes, you ready? Sometimes that's a part of God's plan for you. You know, the messiness of relationships. You know, hear this loud and clear. Sometimes the messiness of relationships is actually part of God's plan to develop your character to grow you spiritually and to help you become all that God created you to be. Sometimes your spouse is nothing more than heavenly sandpaper. That's it. Just to rub the rough, rough, rough edges off. Now, which leads us to the very first promise that I think we need to make. And it might be one you're not expecting. Here it is. Promise number one. I promise to have realistic expectations. Realistic expectations. Now, I'm curious. Ladies, we're going to start with you. Um, How many of you, when you were a little girl, you fantasized one day about having the perfect wedding? You know, with the the perfect dress, the the, the perfect uh, Prince Charming, you know, live in a a perfect home, and, and you even named all of your perfect children, you know, before you ever had them. Ladies, if you ever had any kind of dream or fantasy like that, just raise your hand. Come on, be honest. Okay, the rest of you are just liars and the truth is not in you. You know you did. Okay, now men, men, let's go to you. Now, I believe that you probably had a different dream when you were a teenager, didn't you? Okay, pretty simple. How many of you dreamed about getting married and having sex two or three times a day? Okay, (laughs) raise your hand. (laughs) 
If you didn't raise your hand, you are a liar. And um, Okay, now let's talk about it. Let's talk to everybody. How many of you, though, you know, still are still dreaming, still wishing your dream, you know, would come true? All of you, men and women. You know, it, it's interesting how sometimes our expectations of what we think and hope marriage will be seems to fall way short of what it actually is. You know, and you might be sitting here this morning and say, okay, Pastor Chris, what do you say? You know, are you telling me that I need to lower my expectations? Maybe. Maybe you need to, if, if they're unrealistic. You know, and, and if you've gotten your expectations from romance novels, movies, television, or pornography. You know, I, I actually believe that you should have high expectations, but they should be realistic. Now, this might shock some of you as well, but I think it's something that we are so ill-prepared for today. And let me just say it. Let me give you one very, very realistic expectation that you should have. Expect problems. Expect problems. Guys, problems are a, are a fact in any relationship, whether you're talking about marriage, a dating relationship, a friendship, you know, you're always going to have problems. There are always going to be problems. But let me tell you, there's a whole new level of problems when you talk about the issues between men and women. We really are from different, different plants. You know, remember that book a long time ago? We are. Not only are there obvious physical difference, but we think differently. You know, we communicate differently. We process things differently. We have a whole different set of core needs. And then you add to that all those issues, you add to that all of your individual family issues and your past, and then guess what? On top of that, you, you know, at our core, we are both basically sinful, selfish people. I mean, you put all that together, and I really believe it is an amazing miracle of God that we can even function together. And then, you know what? And this is not even a part of my notes today. You know what's so beautiful about the church is that we put all of those families together underneath one roof in one family and we are called the church. And we love each other. Man, that's a miracle. And so as a result of all these core differences, all these issues, problems arise. Now I think, you know, you, you would think people would get that, that they would accept that and know that to be a fact, but quite the contrary, especially today. What I have found is that because people have been raised in a family, basically, where your goal is to make your children happy all the time, protect them, make them happy, and because we have such unrealistic expectations, and, 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 and young people today have never seen other adults engage in healthy conflict resolution. They freak out. And they're ill-prepared. And a lot of people bail at the first sign of trouble. Listen, instead of looking for the perfect person, the perfect relationship, and always trying to fix the other person. You start by simply trying to fix yourself. Fix yourself. You know, problems actually in a relationship can be pretty good if 
you learn how to grow through them. And you see them to the other side. And you become stronger. And I think we've got to tell people that on the front end. You know, I want you to see what happens to Adam and Eve when the serpent begins to really wreak turmoil in their relationship. Genesis 3, 1 and 5. Follow along. Now the serpent was the shrewdest of all the creatures the Lord God had made. Really, he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat any of the fruit in the garden? Of course we may eat it, the woman told him. It's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said we must not eat it or even touch it or we will die. You won't die, the serpent hissed. God knows your eyes will be opened when you eat it, and you'll become just like God, knowing everything, both good and evil. Now, notice the serpent promises way more than he can deliver. God said some of this, but he didn't say all of this. You know, so the serpent tempts Eve with this exaggerated claim. She eats. She gives some to Adam. He eats. And at that moment, their eyes are opened. And they felt shame, and they tried to hide from God. Now, obviously, there's a lot of other things going on there theologically. And again, we talked about a lot of that several weeks ago. But I want you to see the serpent today just from another angle, okay? Just look at the serpent as a source of external pressure on their relationship. External pressure. You see, there's all kinds of external pressure on relationships today. Would you agree with that? Man, there are. I mean, some of those pressures come from other people. Some of those pressures come from other, other friends, other family. You know, there, there are financial pressures today. In fact, uh, today as we kick off life groups, uh, we have Dave Ramsey's uh, financial piece. starts tonight, 6, to, six, to, uh, six o'clock here uh, in our auditorium. And if you're having financial issues in your marriage, I'd encourage you to, to be here. There, there are sexual pressures you know, there are pressures from the form of temptation. External pressures are very, very real. And just like the serpent in the garden, all these external forces, they promise way more than they can deliver. Listen, it's never as good as you think. It's never as good as it appears. You know, I've said this a, a thousand times over 32 years, or 28 years here at Coastal. You know, the grass is not greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water it. So, let's just talk about one area this morning. Just one, really quickly. The area of sex. You know, it's taught very clearly in the Bible that God's plan for, for sex, for sexual fulfillment, is one man, one woman for a lifetime in the bounds of marriage. You know, but every time we teach that, there are people who like to argue, well, you know, that sounds a little outdated, you know. It's 2019, Pastor Chris, you know. I mean, the idea that you should, you know, in today's world, that you should wait until marriage and then you should remain faithful through your marriage, that sounds almost silly. And yet study after study has shown what God says about sex is true. There are studies today that show that it's the couples who wait until marriage who experience greater sexual fulfillment in their marriage, have greater levels of happiness, and are less likely to experience divorce than couples who don't wait. But you'll, people will argue about it. I've even heard people say this. Well, you know, you'd never buy a car without taking it for a test drive. A little spin. You know, are you stupid? You know, listen, you know, first of all, your future spouse is not a car. 
You know, no, sex is something so much more than just something physical. It's not, a, it's not a bodily function. You know, you are way too valuable to give yourself away casually, and, and God elevates the value of your body, actually. God elevates sex. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Jesus paid for your, your body with the death, with his very death. You know, so what, you, what we do with our body, it matters to God. So don't settle for anything less. You know, when you make a commitment to God's best, there are going to be all kinds of external pressures. You know, there's going to be premarital sex, uh, adultery, pornography, and just like anything else, apart from God's perfect plan, you know, all those external forces, they promise way more than they can deliver. And just like the snake in the garden, the serpent says, it's not going to hurt you, but it will. There's always consequences. You know, listen, problems, problems come even in the strongest of relationships that are committed to following God. Here's the question. How are you going to respond to those problems? Will you let those problems defeat you? Are you going to let those problems teach you and draw you closer together? So promise number one is, I will have realistic expectations. You know? Commitment number two, promise number two. I promise to accept responsibility for my problems. Okay, so if that's a reality, when problems do come into your relationship, you know, again, it's easy to blame other people. It's easy to blame someone else. And what I'm saying is that you gotta make a commitment to be honest and own up to the fact that you have problems as well. Now I wanna be clear, you know, there are external pressures that come into relationships, that, you know, there's the pressure to conform to the world's standards, there's the pressure again to give in to temptation, but at the end of the day, listen to this, external pressures are only that. They're just pressures. And so you and I still have the freedom to choose, the freedom to say no. But in 2019, this is a day and time where nobody wants to take responsibility anymore. Everybody wants to blame somebody else for their problems. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve, Eve did here, uh, verses 12 and 13. Yes, Adam admitted, but it was the woman you gave me who brought me the fruit, and I ate it. Not only does he blame the woman, he also points blame at who? God. God, you're the one who gave her to me. You know, it's your fault. And then, verse 13, the Lord uh, God asked the woman, how could you do such a thing? The serpent tricked me, she replied. That's why, I ate. what's she saying? The devil made me do it. Adam blamed the woman, the woman blamed the serpent. Nothing's changed. Everybody loves to pass the buck. Nobody likes to take responsibility. You know, and when problems come, it's very easy to start pointing the finger and say, well, it's their fault or, or, fault, or this is what we typically do. You know what we do? Well, it's way more their fault than mine. Well, guess what? You're not perfect either. You can't change somebody else, but you know what? You can change yourself. And then they have to change how they respond to you because you're a different person. So, you gotta start asking yourself hard questions. 
What's my part in this? What's my responsibility? How can God use this problem to grow my character? You see, guys, again, that's what marriage is. It is a great character builder. I mean, have you ever noticed that the person who has never been on time in their life will marry, will fall in love and marry the person who considers being on time 10 minutes early? I mean, that, that just happens, doesn't it? Why is it that the neat freak, the OCD neat freak, always marries the person who uses the floor as their personal closet? My, my wife, this is a true story. My wife one time told Christopher when he was a little boy to go put his clothes away. You know what he did? He threw them on my side of the bed. So uh, I was like, okay, God, I hear you loud and clear. Anyway, um, listen, God uses relationships to grow us, to make us into what he wants us to be. But here's the key. When you climb that mountain of difficulty and you get to the other side, Listen, that's where security is found. That's where real intimacy is found. Not on this side without having any problems. It's found on, you know, on the other side, going through the tunnel of chaos together. You know, don't be ashamed or embarrassed that you're having struggles or having problems. That's a part of relationships. It's a part of life. Now, let me say this, though, loud and clear to those of you here today who are single and you are dating. If you can't do this with the other person that you're dating, you can't you know, seem to make it through the tunnel of chaos and you're just sweeping things under the carpet and, and you're constantly having a hard time working through problems or if, if either one of you seems to have a constant hard time of admitting you know, your responsibility and their own responsibility in the problems, listen to me. It's not gonna get any easier when you get married. It's only going to get worse. And, and I think I should just go ahead and tell you the truth. Get out now. Get out now. So when problems come into your relationship, and they will, don't look for the easy way out. Don't avoid at all costs. Don't look to place blame. Take responsibility for your part. And then recommit that relationship to God. And that leads us to promise number three. I promise to make God my number one. I promise to make God my number one. You see, there's a very common belief in our world today, and uh, little kids are taught this early on from, you know, Disney princess movies, fairy tales, all that. You know, it's the common idea that to be really fulfilled in life, you got to meet the one, right? The one. You know, to be really happy in life, you got to have a life that has meaning. You got to meet the one perfect person, you know, that gives you goosebumps, that, you know, will, uh, you know, when you see them or you smell them, you know, the, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. And, you know, and they make every song on the radio now make sense, you know, to be really fulfilled, really happy in life. You got to find the person who's going to be number one in your life. Listen to me. That is a recipe for failure, for disaster. If you're single, instead of looking for number one, you need to look for your number two. Did you hear that? If you're single, instead of looking for number one, the number one person in your life, you got to start looking for your number two. And if you're married, your spouse was never intended to be number one in your life, there to be your number two. 
Janet's number two in my life. She knows it. I'm number two in her life, and I know it, and I accept it. Because God is number one in your life, and your spouse is number two. By the way, your children are number three, not number two. Or number one. And that's why some of your your marriages are struggling. Because you've got that out of order. You know, even Jesus said this very clearly when somebody asked him, hey, Jesus, what's the most important command? And he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. In other words, above anyone or anything, make God number one in your life and make people number two. And that's what he said as well. A second and equally important command is this, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, to have a marriage, to have a relationship that honors God, God is always first. And people are number two. Your spouse is number two. You see, if true love, you know, is not a feeling, Okay, it's not sex. Love. If true love is choosing to treat somebody the way you want to be treated, listen to this, regardless of how you feel and regardless of how they respond. By the way, that's a great definition of love. If true love is, and it's not on on your outlines, not on the screen, but maybe you ought to write that down. Choosing to treat somebody the way you want to be treated, regardless of how you feel in the moment, regardless of how they respond, then where on earth will you get a power to do that? And I would argue, you're not. You're not going to get a power on earth to do that because our love runs out. Human love, over time, grows tired. And so for a relationship to succeed, for a relationship to be all that it can be, not only must two people be committed to each other, but they've got to have a power and a strength not their own, a strength that comes from another source. And that's where God comes in. And that's a choice that you've got to make. The choice to make God the center of your life and the center of this relationship. And I want to tell you something. This is where it starts. You know, the rest of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3 is all about uh, consequences. And uh, they are pretty serious, but it's also about great hope. Look at verses 14 and 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you will be punished. You are singled out uh, from all the domestic and wild animals of the whole earth to be cursed. You will grovel in the dust as long as you live, crawling along on your belly. From now on, you and the woman will be enemies, and your offspring and her offspring will be enemies. Now, here's the hope part. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Now, that's actually a prophecy. It's a prophecy about Jesus. You know, God was basically saying, Adam and Eve, because you messed up in the garden, you're going to get cast out. You're going to have some problems. You're going to face some really tough stuff. But there's hope. There's going to come a Savior. Jesus is going to come. And yes, Satan is going to you know, snip at his heel, going to bite his heel. But Jesus is going to crush his head. He's going to defeat Satan. He's going to defeat death. And so even though the consequences are grave, he was saying, there's hope for relationships. There's hope for you. There's hope that you can experience community 
you know, with, with me and with one another. You know, even though there's serious consequences for their sin and rebellion, God is showing them and he's showing us ultimately that because of Jesus, there can still be forgiveness. Listen, and that's exactly what some of your relationships need, a huge big dose of forgiveness. Where does that come from if you don't get it from God? restoration, healing. And so what I'm saying is, why not learn that lesson now on the front side of relationships? You know, put, put Jesus at the center of your life and at the center of your marriage. You know, you might need some counseling. You might need to join a life group. You might need to read some Christian books on marriage. You know, put Jesus at the center of your, of your life and at the center of your marriage. Because ultimately, this is so awesome. Listen, if Jesus is in you and Jesus is in your spouse and, and you're growing in your relationship with him and they're growing in their relationship with him, guess what? You're gonna be growing in your relationship together because in, in the spiritual world, when Jesus is number one in, in you and Jesus is number one in your spouse, one plus one equals one, equals unity. Jesus finds a way to get along with Jesus. And I don't, know, I, I'm not, I don't know how everyone in this room is feeling about your marriage right now, about your relationship. You know, the truth is, some of you are experiencing a deep sense of hurt. And some of you are feeling apathy or disappointment. And um, some of you, honestly, are feeling pretty hopeless. Listen, regardless about how you feel right now about your marriage, let me just tell you one truth. God can do what you can't do. Matthew 19, 26, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, all things, everything is possible. The real question is, how are you looking at your marriage? You know, from a human perspective or from God's perspective? Because he can do what we can't do. He can resurrect a dead marriage. He can resurrect dead love. He can resurrect dead finances, dead communication. He can do what you can't do. That's why, again, if, if you're single, before you even date someone, make sure you will always be their number two. That their relationship with God is, is first in their life. And they know that up, up front about you and they're okay with that. Make the decision to put God at the center of your life to be number one. Why not make that decision today? I wanna pray, I wanna pray for you, I wanna pray for our relationships. And I wanna pray for you that you would begin to live out some of these principles that we're, we talked about today and that you'll you know, make a commitment to, to be here for the series as we get really honest and really open about what, what God's word says about relationships and some of the promises and commitments that we need to make. But if you have never opened your life up to Jesus, why not do that today? Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I thank you for your word. 
And I thank you for the opportunity to be here today in your presence with your people and to talk about relationships. God, I realize that's a very touchy subject for a lot of people. And there's some people in this room who are really hurting and they feel really hopeless. And Father, I I pray today that we would just begin this sometimes very painful process of just putting you at the center of our own lives, taking responsibility for our own uh, problems, our own part in it, owning up to it, and taking those next steps, whatever they might be. And sometimes we just have to be faithful and pray. Pray for our spouse and pray for this relationship. If we're single, feeling alone, Listen, loneliness is okay, but God never meant for anyone, not you even, to to be alone. You were created for friends, for community. I pray today you would step into that as you become the person that God's called you to be, that you would only look for your number two, not your number one. If there's anybody here today who is ready to ask Jesus Christ to come into their life, to forgive them of their sin. Listen, just just pray something like this today. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit it. You know, I have blown it. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've messed up. And today, God, I want to come home. I walk away from all of that. And in faith, I walk toward Jesus. And right here, right now, I make this vow, this commitment. I ask Jesus Christ to come into my life, to be my Savior, and to be my Lord. I believe. I believe that he went to a cross for my sin. I believe that he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death. And today, I ask him to be my Savior and Lord. And now, God, for the rest of my days, I just want to follow you. I want to follow Jesus. I want to become more and more like you see me today, forgiven and brand new. Father, I pray for all the marriages here in this room. May we be the marriages that you've called us to be, the, the husbands and the wives that you've called us to be. May you always be number one in our lives. And may we follow Jesus. And it's in his name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.